You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takar Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, encourage singles growth, and improve couple strengthening. We specialize in repairing the people that relationships broke. And this year, our goal is to see 10,000 hearts healed from toxic relationships. Join us every week on Facebook Live, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can also send your questions to Instagram at AskTheMartins and Twitter at AskTheMartins. And for more information on the 10,000 Heart Tilled Initiative, booking information, or our services, visit TheSoulTiesDetox.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. If you're listening to us on iTunes, hit pause, go rate us, go give us five stars and tell everybody how you love us and then come on back and hit play and then uh, we can get on in it. This particular episode yes. has been brought to you by the Grace for Grief. If you're going through a devastating divorce or breakup and you feel like somebody has died, we invite you to come on in and take our free mini class, the Soul sorry, the Soul Ties Grace for Grief class. And that way we will help you understand that it's normal to feel how you feel. It's normal to hate somebody, want to run them over with a truck and miss them and love them all at the same time. So if you want to learn more information about that, the soul ties detox.com forward slash grief. I am going to get into the letter for this week. All right, go ahead. Babe. So it says, Hey, Ken and Takara, OMG. I just listened to your podcast for the first time and I am so excited. I found you too. So I have a strange question for the soul tie specialist over there. My husband and I, sorry, can soul ties be good between a married couple? My husband and I have been together for five years, married for three, and I can't help but feel like something is missing between us. When we got married, my pastor told us that our souls were tied together for the rest of our lives. And I took that literally. So when our marriage started becoming distant, I started to get concerned about our union and our covenant. I grew up in a house where my father was a man's man. He worked two jobs, fixed everything around the house, and even held it down at church as a deacon. My husband barely cussed the grass. My father took such good care of my mother, and she rarely had to lift a finger for much. And when I think about that, I get discouraged about the relationship that my husband and I have because it's not as natural for us. So much so that it has begun to affect my intimate desires mm. towards him. I've tried to talk to him about it on multiple occasions. And he said, I'm pressuring him to be someone that he's not. I feel like if he loves me, these things shouldn't be an issue for mm. him. Well. Meanwhile, I just want our souls to function like they are truly tied together. Am I wrong here? Help us married folk out on this one, please. Okay. Okay. So we shall. Um, let's put that right here. Then. Oh, I'm Thank so, you so sorry. Much I need notes so here. sorry. Okay. So here's the thing. This is a great topic, not only for those who are married, but those who are who are um, who are single. Here's the reason why. Uh huh. The reason why is most issues like this. First of all, I am glad to have something like this because mm. we deal so much with broken hearts and things coming apart and trying to get people to get used to their new. Um, their new paradigm, their new relate, their new time alone that right. we very seldom get an opportunity, at least publicly, to deal with. Okay, how can we heal this? What's going on between you? And it seems kind of like 
it seems like regular mundane, like one of those things, well, just hanging there and it get better. But there's mm. some things that, that we can learn from this, especially singles, because nine times out of 10, most of the issues like these have begun or were started during the time before marriage actually happened. Yes. Um, there were uh, uh, mentalities form, uh, formed and all kinds of habits created um, prior to that point. And then these are transitioned or transferred into the marriage. And now we have these issues. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to break this down. Does that make sense, babe? Yes. It's gonna, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm ready. All right. So here's the thing. Here's what I want you to understand. First and foremost, this is the rule. Um, we deal with everybody with charity and compassion. That's yes. number one. Um, because we want to make sure that a person feels understood and feels received. And there is no judgment in that way. There's no condemnation. Right. Uh, the second rule, at least for this particular one right here, is that the any answer that we give is not an invitation to controlling or manipulating. A lot of people... Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is, is that we are looking, a lot of people are, and it's our, it's almost human nature to look nowadays to look for answers that are immediate gratification. Right. We're looking for silver bullets or push buttons or ways and to make suddenly <laughs> right <laughs> ways to make them do right. what we want them to do without paying any mind to their free agency of choice, as well as inviting them in to be accountable for their side of the relationship. Right. So none of this has anything to do with any kind of manipulation. So if you receive this information, um, you don't want to utilize it in those type ways it's going to take some time and effort and, and, and accountability on both of your parts now mm-hmm. so we're going to answer the general questions I'm going to point out the general questions we'll answer them I give an outline okay. and then I'll answer her directly because I think she asked a very good question that uh, a lot of people who don't understand soul ties uh, may continue to ask because we only hear about them in a negative way Right. and I hear I hear her in the tone that she's saying I want I want our souls to be complete and I want it to be knit and tied together. <laughs> right. I, I understand that um, sometimes we can get a little bit overly spiritual um, in that realm. But what we're going to do is we're going to just give give the crash course. We're going to explain it, answer the question. All right. And then if there's anything additional, uh, get the book. Okay. <laughs> can soul ties be good to car? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. what they're for. See, here's the thing. We are built uh and purposed relationship wise for soul ties. Um, soul ties are a mental, emotional, and biological, and in the case of marriage, spiritual impact and bond that we have on each other during that relationship. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. In order to build that tie, we pour. <laughs> in order to build that tie, we pour in to the relationship. What is it that we pour? What is it we pour, babe? We pour the tea. <laughs> we pour the tea into the marriage. T-E-A. Somebody write down T-E-A and post it. Uh, here's the thing, and, and follow this, because I want you to notate this, because this that is an acronym of pouring in. We pour in three things that will that will uh, create that bond uh-huh. and promote that bond. Okay. Okay. Uh, t-, t is time, E is effort, and A is attention. Okay, T-E-A, time, effort, and intention. And when you pour those in, um, you become bonded together. Now, um, in long-term relationships, when we're supposed to be getting married or we're supposed to be married and we're becoming one, 
mm-hmm. with each other. So when we look at the impact of soul ties, the soul ties are the ligaments that tie us together. It's the muscles that keep us moving forward. Does that make sense? Yep. I think. Okay. So that's the bond. It that's is the, the bond. bond. Okay. Yes. Now, um, when people look at them negatively, they're looking to try to break those bonds that they naturally build. Go ahead. So, so we're pouring, it's the bond. The soul ties are the bond. The T is the bonding agent, huh? Absolutely. Yes, yes. ma'am. <laughs> I'm smart too. Concrete and water. There it is. So, um, yes, you are. You very, you very well are. So in order to uh, fortify this relationship, what we're going to be asking her to do is to look in those three areas. Does right. that make sense? Yes. I'm going to take these off because I hate the glare that I'm getting in my glasses. Yeah. You see that? No yeah. problem. Okay, so here's the thing. People come to us because of broken hearts and we deal with that. How do we pull that together? Because that's what she's wanting. She's wanting a stronger bond. Absolutely. She's wanting a stronger um, and and she wants to ensure that she has soul ties at first. She wants. Yes. But additionally, here's what we want to do. She she wants the um, experience Mm-hmm. She wants the expression of what that tie brings. See, here's the problem: a lot of people, a lot of people, because ties are intangible and they deal with the intangible parts of us, our emotions, our, our our biology, things that we don't take into account. Right. What happens is we never really suffer them until they're broken or until they're hampered. We don't. We don't. It's not suffer them. We don't realize the uh, impact of them exactly. until they're taken away. It's that whole you don't know what you got until it's gone. Absolutely right. It's the connection of that person to you. Yes. So they, you do have it, um, but you're looking for the expression of it. What it, what should it look like? What do we want? What what do we want to experience? Um, from it yes Mm ma'am and the disconnect that you're feeling when you're married and you begin to feel like you and your spouse are not disconnecting it's the same thing that you begin to go through when you're going through a breakup you're also you're beginning to miss your spouse you're beginning to miss that connection and that's why so many times when people go to marriage counseling when it's far too late and far too gone it's because you've allowed so much time for that bond to slowly deteriorate and break um over time and you waited until the very last minute when you got one spouse who's already halfway out the door because it's like, I didn't already been through this. I've already grieved. I've already dealt with, you know, what's happening as you're rejecting me. And so that's why when we talk to, again, we really, we don't dislike counseling married people. We enjoy it, but we don't like waiting when until people are at the very last end of their rope because at for all intents and purposes, you've already exhausted what should have been uh, really being built upon that entire time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's look at time. It's as as a as a part of this process. Right. Yes. So time is going to take time to uh, get to know them. It's going to get, take time to understand them. It's going to take time to discover them. It's going to take time to learn them. I think we fi- I think we um, we take it for granted that because we know enough right. that pleases us. Yes. We know enough that makes us happy that we don't need to know anymore. And what we um, what we fail to understand that it takes time. Oneness takes time. 
and I like to use the analogy that um, Jesus and, and Paul use about the vine and the branch. When you take a branch from a different place, from a different right. vine, right. and you pull it onto a new vine, just because it's on there doesn't mean that the graft has taken totally. Mm. It means that it, it takes time for that little place, that little section uh, that little intersection where they come together right. to heal and for them to begin to function as one. And that's what your marriage must do. Your marriage must take time to function as one during that time. Uh huh. You're going to be putting forth effort. Now um, here's what effort means. Uh, when I look at effort, because again, when someone comes to us and they're in that couple, right. It's usually only one of them coming and the other one, who knows where they are. Right. The other one is being <laughs> drugged there or right. they just ain't coming at all. <laughs> right. So in a situation like this, effort means that it's going to take both people um, to assume their responsibility for their accountability to the relationship. Yes. It's going to take both people mm-hmm. to come forward. Right. It's going to take both people to pour in that time that, effort and uh attention now, that tea baby what that also means is and i'm going to tell you something that i've told a few people but i i, I you know don't get an opportunity to tell everybody mm-hmm. um is uh it also means marriage is not a thing right a lot of people are trying to maintain a thing marriage for all intentions and purposes is what we call your legal designation of how you decided to commit to each other in covenant. So basically a lot of big words (laughs) just saying basically um, it's good for will and taxes and for people who want to know who you are or who you with (laughs) and dual income households. Can I get an amen? (laughs) So it's good for those things. Now I'm not telling you that it means nothing. What I'm telling you is it's not a thing. It's not what you do it's who you are and that's what the effort must come to right the effort must come to i am a husband so i do husband things i am a wife right so i do wife things yes does that make sense yes because once we turn on that paradigm we, we can't we can't be who we were and try to do something we could do it we can fake it we could do these things mm-hmm. but you'll never be it until you changed your mind about who you are in the process. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense to everybody? So I, I hear, take, take track of that uh, question. See how, how, how it applies. Um, Angela, can you go, I, I need you to restate that. Cause I want to make sure that I'm understanding that question. If you would please. Okay. So when it comes to effort, you're going to uh, put in your energy. Right. Okay. Um, because she has something to do with intimacy. I'm going to go straight to in- intimacy. Intimacy means it's energy and learning each other. Energy into learning what they perceive as love, which is their the love languages and things of that nature. Right. Learning each other's spots. Come on. You're married. So you got to learn what, what, what the, those, those things. <laughs> go ahead. I think. Did we already talk about expectations? But not yet. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. I'll okay. wait. And um, it's really learning to be completely open to each other, but learning to completely receive each other openly. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's where your effort goes into. How does it go, go, go there? Because I want to um, attach this to attention. Here's attention. A lot of people think attention is just paying attention. Like, 
eye contact when I'm talking to you. Right. Or, or okay, you got something to say, you say it. Attention is literally an investment in receiving someone. That's what attention is. That's what you're doing. You're seeking to understand them. You're seeking to understand who they are. Um, you're seeking to understand their desires and needs. You're seeking to understand what they're trying to say. Yes. You're seeking to understand how they feel, regardless of whether you think they're supposed to feel that way. You just want to understand how they feel. You validate them. You mm-hmm. give them a voice in your world because you are literally seeking to give, you're giving them attention. You're receiving them. So it's like, it's like, uh, I'm going to use these, these words, but you know, it's like being empathic, telepathic, and then telekinetic, meaning I feel you, I know you, and because I feel you and know you, I can move you. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I turn you on because I have fully invested in receiving you. You see what I'm saying? Yes. That makes sense? Yep. All right. So with those things said, time effort, energy, and attention. Now we can talk about her situation because I think you was going somewhere and I really want to hit that. Go ahead. Um, First of all, uh, Chineki, I want to make sure I pronounce that right. It sounds Nigerian. Um, What do you do when you have two different love languages? I've been dealing with, I've been dealing, but I desire something different and that's just not him. Okay. Do we answer this now or do we answer this later? Because I feel like it's a really good question. Let's go ahead and answer it. That could go with what we're um, about to start talking about. Okay. Because when we talk about expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Are, is it okay to talk about this? Okay. Because you said you want to <laughs> hit that. Yeah, I want to. Okay. I want to. I well, want go, to. But okay, I want go, to go, make go. sure that we build this. Um, here's the thing. And, and this, is, this is, so in order to answer her question, um, they feel distant. So we talked about the soul ties and how she can close that distance. Right. Now, how can she personally close that distance? There's something that she needs to understand. Um, she is, she in herself is disappointed because he's not who she thinks he should be. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. And I just want to build this here. This is very important. And, 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 and ancient Near East, ancient Hebrews, right? Because mm-hmm. we always use utilize biblical context in order to give us our content. Right. Okay. When when a marriage is about to happen, the guy comes to likes the girl, the girl sometimes like the guy. The guy goes to the girl's dad. Right. right. The guy goes to her dad and says, Can I have her hand in marriage? The dad not only says yes, but the dad marries them. Right. Um, they're betrothed. We call it betrothed, but they're literally committed, married, committed. Mm -hmm. So then the husband goes out to uh, build a place to to prepare a place for his new wife. Right. Does that sound familiar? Right. Okay. And so what the father does is during that time, he covers the daughter. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He makes sure she stays pure. He protects her. He does all everything that he needs to do to cover her. To prepare her, right? Right. When the husband comes back from preparing a place, his second coming, does that sound familiar? He comes back and he consummates that relationship. During the process of consummating, he makes sure that he um, he makes sure that the father did his job. But the second thing he does is he allows her to transition from daughter to wife. 
She is now no longer under the covering of the father. She is under the covering of the husband. Right. As she transitions, she becomes the branch that breaks off from the vine of the father and gets taken to the vine of the husband. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, here's the problem. She's no longer a daughter. Right. And he's not her daddy. Right. So when she moves from one place to another, constantly looking back at the old branch, she's hindering the oneness of the new relationship. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Go ahead. Go ahead so with it. Here's, here's the thing, ladies. We all, many of us, not all of us, many of us love our daddy. Or at least we grew up with an idea of what we felt like a, a husband should be in the home based on what we saw somewhere else, either in our home, in a relative's home, in the Huxtable home, like whatever it is that we saw, we felt like a husband should be this. And based upon that, we built our ideal marriage, our ideal man from those principles. I got you, Angela, just in social Yeah. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. When we get into a relationship and we consistently and I'm just paraphrasing what you already mm -hmm. said, compare somebody to our father, to who we're coming from, to who the house that we left. All we're doing is crushing any kind of potential that our now husband has to be who he desires to be in our lives, to be who he needs to be, to even grow into that. If we're consistently criticizing based on what my daddy used to do and when my daddy said this and my daddy said a man should do this and my daddy used to do this, so why don't you do it? All we're doing is crushing the, his even potential to be be the husband that he should be for you. You, there is only so much that your daddy can do for you. Your husband lays down with you every single night. You have to come to a conclusion of what it is that you want. Do you want a father? Because I mean, I think Ike Turner uh, thought he was somebody's daddy. Do you want a father or do you want somebody that's going to come in and really cover you and be the, and grow to be the husband that you need. I think I think what you said is important. The, the idea is transitioning from daughter to wife. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the very important thing. And you really hit on expectation in a way. Um, I loved it. Thank you so much. Here's the thing: at the when we when we do premarital counseling, right? Or when we count, I, I'll put it this way: when we counsel a couple, the, the few times we do. We ask every couple this, have they gone through premarital counseling? Right. The reason why we do that is because they seem to have already made up their minds and they have, but they haven't brought to the table their expectations. Right. And it's just unfair to expect something from someone who never knew that they were supposed to give it. You cannot cash in on a product that you never ordered. Does that make sense? That they never that you that you never ordered and that they never agreed to. I think right. the biggest thing is that when we go into a relationship of any kind, whether we're dating or we're married, the main thing that we need to do is that 
when we lay out our expectations and I know what you're good where I mean you're getting ready to go but like mm-hmm. when you when you lay out your expectations with somebody you have to understand that that person must agree to your expectations that you have of them prior to prior to going there what happens though is that we settle on one main focal point and we say because they believe in God because they are a man or a woman of God because they go to the church down the street they must have the same values as me in all these other areas over here and they must have the same expectations and then what happens is we get into marriage and none of that uh says anything it it doesn't stand up to a hill of beans because we didn't express those and they didn't agree to them so not only are they being penalized for your expectations they're being penalized for something that they have no idea that they're being measured up against absolutely Absolutely. And you got to understand the expectations. They go beyond can he make me or can she make me happy? You have uh, pragmatic or practical expectations. You have romantic expectations. You have domestic expectations. You have economic expectations. You have a lot of things that you just think that come with. And generally that generally you're not dealing with someone that they may not come with. You're two different worlds coming together. Mm. And so you're becoming something brand new and you can't be something brand new. If you continue to look back at something, Oh, here's how this impacts that. Go ahead. Were you about to go in? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Say that. Say here's that. how it impacts the T, right? If all your time is being spent with the inner putting energy and effort into saying you're not, or you're rejecting them, then which is which is the opposite of attention then what you're doing is you're weakening the bonds of that tie you're weakening the bonds of your of your relationship now the tie will still be there but you'll never get to the oneness because you're still at the you're you're still at the point of wanting somebody else if you if you how a husband needs a wife to receive him not a daughter who consistently judges him. Yes. He he didn't marry somebody else's daughter. Well, he did, but that's not what she became. She was there was a transition period. Mm-hmm. Just like he should be not no longer be another son, someone else's son. Mm-hmm. There's a transition period. There's a change. And if that change never takes place, you two can never become one because you're continuously rejecting each other at that point where you really need each other. Yes. And just, I mean, here's a word of encouragement. If you didn't get premarital counseling and you're struggling through these things of bonding and becoming one and truly tying what you need to be in your marriage, you can always get postmarital counseling. There's no rule that says because we didn't get premarital counseling, it's too late. Right. No, there are plenty of things out there, plenty of tools and resources out there that you can get, that you can use, people that you can go to that will help you get all the information that you should have got up front. I mean, listen, we've all done it. We've all, you know, been there. But when you should have gotten it up front and then now after the fact, you can still go get that information. You can still begin to build that foundation. I'm just saying because somebody's like, yeah, you're supposed to get that up front. We didn't get premarital counseling. Cool. You know what? Get it now. Get it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, But I think we answer a question in order to build those bonds do exist. But in order to build those bonds, you need to put effort and time into receiving who he is, Mm -hmm. not who you want him to be. Right. And and authentically receiving him. 
because if you don't authentic authentically receive him which, which what what that means is that there needs to be a change in you remember we're both accountable for the efforts that we put in if there's no change in you you'll continuously be disappointed in what you're doing you're not receiving him you're tolerating him Mm-hmm. And that's totally different. What you're doing is, well, I'll wait till he gets it or I'll try to live with it. And that's not the case. You choke now, singles, make sure that who you choose is who you choose. Because once you get to this place, you got to come up, you got to come to the table and say, I chose this. Whether I saw it or not, I chose this. You see what I'm saying? Right. On these levels, on these levels. Right. Um, but that's it's very, very, very important that you receive him as a wife yes ma'am now i go to the 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 love languages question and here's why okay because in in an effort of receiving your spouse um i think love languages play such a huge part in this because you then have to begin to learn one another and that goes into learning your own individual love language and learning how your spouse desires to be loved and what it's going to take to make him feel received. It's obvious that you both have different ideas of what is supposed to be in this marriage, what things are supposed to look like, feel like, be like, whatever. So one of the, excuse me, first things that y'all need to be doing is now sitting down and figuring out, literally figuring each other out learning each other and so looking at your love language it sounds like this person who wrote the letter's love language is acts of service all she talked about is everything that her mother did for her i mean her father did for her mother her mother didn't have to lift a finger sounds like acts of service is your love language make sure that you then have communicated to him specifically within that love language you need my love language is not acts of service. However, my husband knows that in order for me sometimes to even get to a place where I'm getting to my true love language, which is touch, sometimes service goes in there and he knows what it takes for me to be able to relax to that place. And so have you communicated that? Because I told him what I like. I told him what turns me on. I told him what makes me feel loved. And so if that's the case and you both have done that towards each other, then the other step is yes, communicate exactly specifically what those are and then begin to work at it. A person naturally speaks their own love language first before they will speak somebody else's absolutely and that's where we get into trouble or that's when we get into misunderstandings in our marriages so if i'm speaking your love language and it's not natural to me then i have to work at it i have to practice it i have to put it into action i have to remind myself and guess what sometimes baby you ain't touched me in a long time what's going on with that remind your mate that you uh of what your love language is too now, if they don't speak it and they refuse to speak it, that then becomes a choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what happens? What do you do when you have two different love languages? Again, there is an accountability and responsibility. There's an account. You are accountable to each other and you are responsible for the effort that you put into that accountability. Right. So what happens is, is that he needs to know yours and you need to know him. 
and you begin to learn to speak again, not tolerate. You receive them with who as who they are. You accept them and you begin to learn to speak to each other. He has just as much responsibility to to be accountable for yours as you have a responsibility to be accountable for his. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I really want to get back to I know it kind of Angela. Gets, yeah, I want to get back to Angela because Angela was saying and I know that is going on here. Angela was saying, what do you do when he hovers? He left me and his son for a year to live with someone else. Now he wants to come back. Um, and so what do you do when he now wants to interact? He now wants to be, rebuild that relationship. Well, Angela, what do you want to do? I think we, I think you have to come to the point. We, we again, yes, every relationship, uh-huh. you are responsible for yourself and what you put into it. It might hurt, but if I decide to leave her, mm -hmm. then she is she's not responsible for how I feel or what I do. Anytime she puts energy and effort into how I feel and what I do or what I'm doing, doing she's still attached to me. Mm -hmm. That's none of her business if she wants to heal. Nine times out of ten, she wants to heal, but she doesn't know how to stop thinking about me. And then if I begin to weasel my way back, like, hey, babe, I made a mistake, blah, 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 blase, blase. The thing is, is that she then be de decides to make a decision. Yes. Number one, do I want him back? Number two, who is the him that I'm getting back? Is this the same person that was there before? Number three, there was trust that was broken. Right. That has to be rebuilt. Right. So there are all those things. Or do I even want him? If you don't, then you know what to do. Yes. Because we are advocates of toxic relationships, mm -hmm. we're not just advocates for people in toxic relationships. We believe in healthy relationships too, but we also don't believe in throwing things out there based upon what's popular. We believe in throwing things out there and saying things based upon what the situation calls for. So I believe Angela had begun to say that she doesn't trust him. It's not the first time he's done it before. And so I think you just had a mini session here and a mini breakthrough, Angela. This is not what you want. If there's a question there, then what Kenyon was saying before, I'm sorry, babe. That's all right. What you were saying before was that you have to then create still that time and effort and attention into finding out who that person really is that's trying to get at you now. If you do not want them to contact you outside of your son, our family wizard is an amazing tool where you can where you only communicate about your child and that is it. And that way you have to be firm in telling him that, listen, based on your behavior, based on your actions, here is what you've shown me. Here is what I desire. I need you to go back and, and from whence you came. <laughs> right. But it is, is definitely one of those things where you have to make the choice. I think a lot of people come to us asking us certain questions, not just you, but certain questions in order that we will tell them what to do. Exactly. And this is something that you have to choose to do and you have to choose it for the right reasons. Uh, and in many cases, as we go back to the no contact thing, um, we have something akin to that in our book, but we don't utilize that. Um, we don't utilize those words or, or, or that, 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 phrase uh -huh. the reason why is is because if you do a little bit of research it's connected to 
um, it's, it's connected to a, a sort of manipulation. Uh, I've read a lot of articles regarding that. Girl, let them know that you really mean business. Uh, and, and you know, basically like hanging up on somebody in yeah. order to get a response from them or just turn your back on them. But if you, you can't, let me tell you something. You can't turn your back on something that you're not prepared to let go of. And if you haven't learned to heal from that, if you have not learned to disconnect from that, and that's the reason why that question exists. And that's the right. reason why we need someone to tell us what to do. Because deep inside our hearts, there's still a connective tissue there. Absolutely. That soul tie. There's still that connective tissue there that we don't know what to do with. And if we tell you, leave them alone, at least you feel at least validated to continue on winning. But then later on, if that knock still comes, you won't know what to do with that knock because you haven't built yourself up. You haven't walked through um, the process of understanding why you don't need to be with him, uh, understanding how not to be with him, understanding how to continue to feel what you feel, acknowledge what you feel and still move forward and continue healing. Um, there's something that was there's something that I need to tell you that, that I was I was saying to somebody in one of our groups. OK. And what I told because they were dealing with something that they were feeling. And I was like, the one of the real reasons why you feel the way you feel uh -huh. is because you're broken. What broken means is for all intentions and purposes, um, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, we feel like something left even biologically or neurologically. Something has left us something right. that we're habitually connected to. And when it leaves us, we don't feel whole again. If you look up the word heal, you'll understand that the word heal actually comes from a medieval word meaning whole and healing is to make whole again. That's why we walk you through the course, because there's a time if you're broken from a toxic person, but that toxic person still has a place in your life, a place in your head. Yes. And so it's our job. One of our jobs is to move you from being um, broken from them and to being whole by yourself, a whole individual. Makes sense, babe. Yes, it makes perfect sense. And that's and here's the thing. Part of the reason why we sometimes get these questions, and I'm not saying that's you, Angela, but we've gotten it so many times from other people because we're still connected, because we're still tied to them. Then what happens is, is that we still love them. I haven't talked to him in a year, but at the same time, there's still something there that makes me wonder what if again not sure if this is you but because we still sometimes hold on to that hope it causes us to not be really truly prepared to do what we need to do in order to get our full freedom from that person and so when it's confusing like that how do you deal with your your heart and your mind literally fighting against each other all at the same time again plug here the soultiesdetox.com forward slash grief because what we do is we help you understand the conflict that's going on in your heart and your mind right now exactly okay? exactly and and that that's very important for you to understand that you have to um during that year during that year right what did we do when we didn't have contact with them and and that's the that's the key especially when you're dealing with somebody who <laughs> she said i want him to stop calling okay <laughs> Um, well, there's a block feature. <laughs> well, she said no. So now we know what you want. Yeah. You know, change numbers, disregard the calls. Yeah. Disregard the text. Sometimes, sometimes you have to be strong enough. Sometimes you have to be durable enough to just turn your back. Hey, listen, when we create borders, that doesn't mean the wolves won't come to the edge. Right. 
Absolutely. You know, they still there. It's just a it's just a matter of them learning that that border is there and eventually they won't come back anymore. Does that make sense? Yes, establish some healthy boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Establish oh, those boundaries. What's up? Renee said, what do you do when you have so much negative family intervening? Intervening in what, Renee? I know you've been talking a lot about your ex and what happened there. So when you say negative family intervening, um, <laughs> they call from that. different norm numbers. <laughs> I saw that. Um, wh what do you mean? What are they intervening in? Um, I should say, man, this was a strengthening, uh, this was a strengthening I know, podcast and, that's the and we're thing. getting a lot of questions on people going and like how I, I let go. Want, I didn't want this to be a <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not helping y'all leave marriages. We're not helping y'all divorce. We're not helping y'all break up. We're trying to help y'all strengthen your union. But people are hurting. Right, right. And some of these some of these weren't married. They're just um 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 manipulated. Absolutely. Um yeah, them changing them them calling from different numbers. This that's why you have to. When someone calls from a different number, well, I'm sorry, you're about to say something. Um, no, you go ahead. When someone calls from a different number, don't give them an opportunity to get a different number. Let them be comfortable with that one number and, and answer it. And if it's not what if it's not worth the information, if it doesn't have anything to do with children, if you have children or whatever the case may be, you are permitted to hang up. Someone else asked, um, what do you do when you want to leave, but they won't let you go? Mm -hmm. That is there. There are two things that's going on in my mind right now. Number one, as a grown person, you can you can walk out when you get good and ready. If you are being uh, physically restrained, then that's a domestic violence and possibly a kidnapping issue. I'm not an attorney, so I'm not going to call it, but that's a domestic issue in which you need to get law enforcement involved. Right. That's how you go. So what you want to do is you, you, um, there, there are domestic violence websites and things of that nature that you can connect with that will help you plan that, 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 uh, transition or that egress. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, there, there's definitely a lot. And again, <laughs> We are not trying to walk people through divorce and walk you out of your relationship. What we well, will tell right, you yeah. is that if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, if you're in a physically abusive relationship, we would ask that you find um, a counselor, find resources to help you reach out to us. We do have people that we can refer you to right. um, that may be able to help you in those situations. Right. Um, but you will need you will need some support of some kind. You'll need someone outside the house who who knows what you're going through. But someone who just won't let you go, there's only you It's either a, an abuser or someone who can physically restrain you or you just haven't decided to really, 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 really decided to go. Are you living together? Because she said they're not married. She said they won't let you go. Are you living together? Um, she said they have narcissistic behavior. I'm very um, interested because I think there then becomes different steps that you can take. Right. Um, that's very true. I you didn't, know, I didn't it, even think about that. If you're not married, but you're living together, there's, you know, something there too. <laughs> we ask a lot of questions when we're counseling. We didn't mean for this to be right. It wasn't supposed to be that. Um, somebody else asked something, and I wanted to. We see you, Tamara. We see you, Latisa. We I know that there's they're, they're like above. pouring in. Um, Edna, she said, I want to feel love and I always position myself for real love, but I always end up with the wolves. Edna, visit the soul ties detox.com. Um, and, and here's why not because we just want you to buy the book. Um, you can download a free chapter of the book there too. What you need to understand Edna is that you need to find out what it is that 
condition you to believe what love is, what love is supposed to be, and then how to better protect yourself from those wolves. If you keep ending up with them, then there's something that you're not doing to heal and then protect yourself moving forward. What are we learning from our previous mistakes? What are we learning from the wolves that came before the last booger that showed up? Like what's going on? And so for you, I want you to find a place where you can heal. The website has so many free resources there, our podcast, different things, different people that we've spoken to where you can begin to help help at least begin the process of healing without even getting the book. But I want you, I want you to learn um, for yourself, where did you learn love from? And then how do you begin the process of protecting yourself uh, with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, when when we hear the questions, um, why do men keep doing this? And, and some, why do women keep doing that? Nine times out of ten, while their choices are definitely their choices and their choices should not reflect us and we shouldn't receive it, Yeah, we are choosing them. We're choosing from... A, a a group consistently and um, there's some healing that needs to go through that because it probably goes all the way back and they're probably all looking like different men the same man in different skin right um, so thank you babe thanks no problem um, Linnea said she's not living with that person and so oh, he just won't let go he so so this is this is um, uh, metaphorically it, yeah so they're not living together they're not married but he just won't let her go um, it still can be dangerous. I don't care. Even if it's not a quote unquote narcissist, anybody who was used to having control over you, anybody who was used to having any bit of say so in your life, who begins to lose control. We now live in a society where people do not like getting their feelings hurt anymore. And so I don't care what the diagnosis is, what type of personality they are. Anybody can be dangerous to walk away from if you notice they do not want to let you go. Right. Right. So so you begin to create boundaries and you begin to test how they respond to those boundaries. If you truly want to let that person go, then you must begin to do things by any means necessary to get your freedom. And you start with little stuff, how they respond to you saying, I do not want to be with you anymore. Then how do they respond to you not answering phone calls? How do they respond to you blocking their number? These types of things will tell you every step of the way if you're dealing with a person that will escalate into something violent. But you have to pay attention because just because you have not seen them violent before does not mean that, but you, I mean, because you haven't seen them violent before, it only means you haven't seen them lose control of you before. Absolutely. And if it's hard for you, you're going to have to get your game face on. So here's what you do. You go to maybe a local like Goodwill or something like that, right? Now, I want you to look for this. Back in the 80s, there was this guy, and he 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 wore this jacket. His name was Michael Jackson, and he wore this red jacket. I want you to look for that jacket, and then I want you to find that song. And then every time this brother call, come by, or whatever the case may be, put on that jacket and sing that song. Mm-hmm. Tell that brother to beat it. I'm, and if you could do that, literally do that, yeah. because sometimes we need physical, physical, uh, it's funny, but sometimes we do need physical reminders that this is where our head should be. Mm-hmm. You got, you got to be at a, at a beat it moment. You got to tell that brother to kick rocks, go get out, do what you got to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, t- uh, I pinned Letizia cause we kept, I mean, if we kept going, we was going to miss her. So. Okay. Let's go with, uh, let's, let's go with, uh, Letizia. 
Okay, so Latisa said, I married, filed for divorce. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but now I don't think it was such a good idea. It's hard for me to let go, but he does not seem to want to work it out. But I can't go back the way to the way things were. Not sure if he wants us back together now. Okay. So here's the thing. Here, here's something I'm hearing in this, Latisa. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm hearing. And you you help me if you if you if if I'm hearing wrong. What I'm hearing is that because I filed for divorce mm-hmm. and now I'm having second thoughts, he doesn't want me back. And I'm blaming myself because of where he is. Is that where is that where we're going? Yeah, I, that, that's what I want. Because to I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. Number one, he's not going to be there for long. Number two. It's a passive aggressive thing. Okay. This, now this has to do. Let me let me take that back. Let me take that back. If this is where his head is into punishing you for you doing what you did to make moves. His head is not going to be there for long and it's a passive aggressive thing. Wait, wait while you're still talking, Latisa, can you tell us why you filed for divorce? Okay. If not to, here because I'm very interested in the why because where you're going with it is that he's doing it as a punitive measure but if if there's yeah yes if if he was if yeah but if there's some infidelity there yeah then his his attention has gotten right now yeah 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 it's it's it definitely depends on what she said i don't want i know yeah what did he do because if it's somebody who's toxic if she wants to share that because this is a public forum it is a public careful. forum but it's difficult because always there, hit us privately. there could be so many different directions that this can go if this is somebody that was not a good person that was not a good husband that was you know unfaithful that was toxic that was abusive and things like that then um yes how they're acting right now is a punitive way to get you to chasing back after them right um or he could be hurt and that's what i'm just going to say or perhaps he's hurt and perhaps he was just you know at this point he's done once you filed he's done i think it's very important to understand that because and then we'll address why it is that you feel like you made a bad choice right why you filed and why you feel like you made a bad choice you already said it could be because you're lonely um and so if that's the case then you have to then again begin to put on your big girl panties and learn how to deal with this missing piece of you that may not be coming back absolutely there's so many things that could because here's the thing that we have to be careful not to do when speaking into your see we're talking to you so you are our our point of reference and you are the person who we're trying to help however we have to be careful not to demonize the other person on the other side of this thing because there's always three sides to every story and we want to make sure that we get something a lot enough clarity to not you know make him the reason you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely does that make sense yeah because it's real important it's real important we've had people come through the process come through you know our thing yeah uh as far as getting out of toxic relationships and what they found is that they were the toxic ones mm-hmm. but it takes a point of self-discovery it takes it takes a point of being honest and open with yourself so without knowing what he actually did here it is here it is <laughs> so there are text messages between him and a woman on his job he swears that he is not dealing with her but before it was no communication no partnership 
Um, we wasn't one at all. I express my feelings, but I get no response or action. Like he doesn't care. Like he don't care. Okay. So. So, so here, <laughs> here's. Are you impulsive, Latissa? Well, and uh, I, I just I just want to ask you that. Has anybody ever told you you were impulsive? Are I'm you not. Impulsive, I'm not telling also, you that. I'm just saying. I'm just asking. Is asking, this have, are you known to make impulsive decisions? But also, is this something that you saw signs of prior to getting married? Because if this is somebody that always have female friends and work wives and people who they communicated with and didn't let go of prior to the marriage, and then this happened, and so let's say you got married and you prayed and you hoped that it would go away. <laughs> she said yes. Oh, so you did. Yes. Which one? Yes, you're impulsive, or yes, you saw signs. Um. Because this is this is very important. It's very important, and we're going to tell you why. Yeah. Um. Be, because if you saw the signs before marriage, and you married him, that's an impulse. <laughs> um. And you married him hoping things would get better. That's an impulse. And then when you saw, um. Okay. So she said, "I never had an issue with outside women." Okay. Okay. So let me let me yeah. Um. Perhaps you moved a bit quick. Now let let's let's not take this away from you your feelings and your emotions are validated what you don't like if you don't like the man eating popcorn and he continues to eat popcorn it's his accountability to stop eating popcorn at least around (laughs) you so there there's some kind of let's just say you allergic to popcorn right so and 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 when we're talking about someone else outside the marriage becoming um um getting priority to his attention that is a problem sexual or no that is a problem so i get you perhaps you both can seek counseling and perhaps you can instead and don't make it don't mince words don't make it two or three ways about it give him the opportunity to choose now once he has the opportunity to choose and he chooses to move on then there's nothing you can do about it all right. However, if, if if it may not be you, it may be you impulsively moving from one position to another simply because you're you're an emotional you're emotionally moving from from. Go ahead, babe. Go but, ahead. I mean, but even impulsive beyond impulsive, I'm meh, I can be impulsive. I'm not even going to lie, but I'm also very matter of fact. Right. Once I make a decision, I'm done, too. Exactly. So if I mean, Kenya Martin would die, but let's just let's <laughs> let's just pretend like I wouldn't kill him if somebody at work was messing with him, right? I work with you, babe. It, okay, so if anybody outside of you messaging you, it ain't work. So let's just pretend that that was the case. Um, depending on the context of the messages and all of that, um, you better believe that the first thing I'm going to do is give him the opportunity to number one explain it, but then number two cut it out to change it yes so we're going to work through that and i want to make sure that i'm giving you the opportunity now if after time passes and i just so happen to see that you know alexis is messaging you all over again and y'all talking about send me a picture and can i come over that's a problem and i wouldn't necessarily file for divorce but i would say hey i'm gonna go over here you stay here and do what you Mm -hmm. need to do but i'm not gonna be here and stand by and watch it because that's not okay if you file for a divorce and you thought it was going to get his attention and make him act right, that's an impulse, but it's also manipulative. 
um, when you jumped the gun that quickly, is it possible that you jumped hoping it would make him change his ways? And he was like, nah, cool, I'm gone. I think I, 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 think I see something because she offered to pay for counseling. And stuff. I want to ask this question. She said talking to him is like talking to a brick wall. Oh, I know. Right. So okay. here's, what I, here's what I think. Latisa, correct me if I'm wrong. You've been with this man since you were 18 years old. Yes. So that gives you 12 years. I know where you're going. By, uh, by the way, most people who come to us and then start dealing with the whole divorce or come to us after divorce is about 16, 20 years. Yeah. They don't put in. So that's, you know, tenure means nothing. That you have put in 12 years. And during that time, you have not been happy some somehow somewhere something fell off where you haven't been happy and you've been happy for unhappy for such a long time but that you've been ready to give it up and that you've been tolerating it and this incident was the perfect opportunity for you to let go because number one is like well Maybe this is the reason why he's been acting like this. But number two is I'm tired of the situation I've been in. I'm not being loved. I'm not being taken care of. And maybe it was it wasn't such an impulse as much as it was. This is my chance to get out of something like this. Absolutely. The, can does that correct me if I'm wrong? If if that might be it. And then once he was out, that tie began to pull. And you hadn't fully emotionally disconnected from it. Yeah. So so let me know if All that of was it on is point. Possible, but also, y'all, when we get married, when we get with somebody at the age of eighteen, by the time we're thirty, we are completely different people. Completely. So I'm reading. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. So while yes, he did something stupid, um, I also believe that again people uh grow up and when you do not spend time see if y'all would have been here for the beginning of the thing we would have told y'all about the tea spending that time it's uh effort and effort and, 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 attention, and attention yes ma'am um in your marriage when you grow apart it's because you were not putting in time along along those ways and i'm sorry people do stupid stuff <laughs> when you are not focused on your marriage and growing and becoming one in that marriage. And when we begin to take each other for granted over time, we begin to allow outside influences begin to impact what's going on in our marriage. And that can be other women, other men or whatever. And so when you started out with somebody at 18 years and now y'all 30 years old, or at least you're 30 years old, it's been another 15 years that have gone by that you have become a completely different person. So again, ignored. And, and if you've been ignored, if all that stuff has happened now uh, at 30 years old, 18, I was putting up with it. Like you always say, I had the energy to put up with it at 18 at 30. I wish you would. And you know what? I'm gone. So absolutely. She said that was exactly it. Let me, I want to, let me explain something to you and I don't want to, I don't want to promote um, a particular. I don't want to pr- promote the the breaking up. Yes, um, divorce. divorce. Yes, we are not divorce advocates, y'all. Here, here's the thing, though. When you're hurting and you're sitting back looking for a legitimate reason to break this off, you got to understand that that pain was legitimate enough. You have to understand. Takara says this all the time. Well. Neglect and abandonment is abuse. And it's a choice. And it's a choice. And Takara said this. Um, she said, why don't you say it since you say it all the time? 
Which one? When you when you tell them that if you tell them. Oh, yes. Yeah, so my favorite thing to say. Yes. And um, unfortunately, I've used this as I've exited a marriage. So sorry. If I tell you that your behavior is hurting me, it, it becomes your responsibility to make the necessary adjustments to stop that behavior that is hurting me. If you continue to do those same things and uh, participate in that same behavior, then you are making a choice to continue to hurt me. Then guess what? I must make a choice for me in the end. And you are not at fault from making a choice for you in the end. Right. The end. Again, um, abuse. We have to begin to re-evaluate what abuse is in any relationship, but especially in marriage, because no marriage, she should not go without a voice. She should not go without a presence. She should not go without without fried chicken, (laughs) without protection. Yes. She should not go. And I be me in front of everybody. And she doesn't matter. The moment she doesn't matter, the marriage doesn't matter because I'm not being married. I am not being a husband. She is no longer my priority. That's very important. Mm -hmm. And when we, um, when I abandon her or neglect her over a period of time, Mm -hmm. that's just like not feeding your dog. That's just not like not feeding your cat or not feeding your children. I'm not, I'm not calling you. I'm just talking about taking care of taking care of life. Yes. When you don't feed something, it is dying. And emotionally in marriage, if you don't feed that connection, then you die. If you're not pouring tea, then you're pouring poison and it's dying inside. So I want you to have that, 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 that understanding that you didn't have to wait for an excuse to say goodbye. You had every right reason at that point, based upon what you're telling us to say, I am being neglected. I am being abandoned. I need you to do yes. something about this. Yes. And until you do, or if you decide that you don't want to, then I have to live because you're killing me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I want oh, you- yeah. Uh, Shanice said, I was told I was being too emotional whenever I stood up for my boundaries being crossed. That's the common language of somebody who uh, is insistent on uh, keeping you miserable and doing whatever they want. Absolutely. It's common. You know what? We, 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 we throw the word narcissist around a lot. Let's, let's not diagnose unless you're sitting with a DSM-5. Let's not diagnose folks. Did I but, say narcissist? No, not you. Oh. You know, because we always see that mentioned. We talk about it, and we're going to actually break some of that down later on on another um, podcast. But what I do want you to understand is that you don't have to diagnose them to see that they're being arrogant or have prideful ways or selfishness or grandiose or 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 having narcissistic personality tendencies tendencies. yes and and i'm gonna tell you um that's a problem that's a problem uh, that's a problem among us that's a that's a problem among us it is Um, coming to kill steal and destroy relationships narcissistic women handle it different but narcissistic men uh, we handle it up front and and we're in the we want control and we want the center of attention and we want priority and we want to do what we want to do without accountability to you right absolutely okay that's Mm -hmm. that's selfishness and self-centeredness thank you for listening to the soul ties podcast recorded live on facebook and distributed to itunes and soundcloud 
Help us spread the word by rating us, leaving a review, and sharing. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If this episode has helped you and you're ready to begin your personal journey to freedom, visit us at thesoultiesdetox.com. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer live, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at Ask the Martins. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.